Hello, welcome to this Monday afternoon, evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, all right, so yeah, um, this is this is a very trying time for the Penguins. Uh, six, in a, six losses in a row. Oh, I didn't think I'd see that under the Mike Sullivan tenure. He has, the Penguins have Never had a losing streak like this under him. They haven't had a six-game losing streak, losing streak since the 2011-2012 season. And then I think after that they went on a 10-game losing streak. So we're going to hope for that. But that, that was the year. Also, they had that awful series against the Philadelphia Flyers, which will not be brought up on this podcast because that will give all of us um, PTSD. So yeah, um, it's not we're not hitting the panic button yet. But uh, they lose tomorrow night. There's gonna there's gonna be people hitting the panic button. <laughs> I will very much assure you that. But um, we do have some good news to start off the podcast before we get into the games. Uh, John Marino and Brian Dillman look like they are coming back tomorrow. Just wow, th- thank you know, thank God. Uh, I think, and I, I did my two tweets that I put up today on my Twitter. Uh, oh, oh yes, part one. Oh yes, part two. Because Dumoulin was finally put, uh, back in his place, skating with Crystal Tang, which is one of the most underrated defensive pairings in the league. And John Marino was back in his spot on the right side, second pairing. With Marcus Pedersen, and then they were able to move down Jack Johnson to pair with Justin Schultz. Um, also, please scratch Jack Johnson, you cowards, and put Yusso Rikola in. But you know what? Uh, I don't think they're, they're going to do that, even though Rikola has um, been really good for the Penguins this year. And we will get into more of the Rikola stuff from the games at a California trip uh, later in this episode. But yes, practice fully today. Um, took line rushes, top po- uh, power play units, PK units, everything went through another full contact practice, Sullivan said. Their game time decisions tomorrow, uh, look for them to play. They will be playing tomorrow. Nick Bukestad had his first full contact practice, took line rushes, took play on the second power play, second PK. Sullivan said he's not quite ready to play, but um, he is getting close. So um, he's not going to play tomorrow, but I would wager him going on Thursday or definitely this weekend. It's going to be Thursday against Buffalo or this weekend. And we will finally see the return of Nick Bukestad. Yes, indeed, he is alive. He will be playing soon. Um, in other injury news, Dominic Simone is out week to week, so, you know, a soul for a soul as uh, from Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, as we all like to say, because um, the Penguins just can never get fully healthy. But with these injuries coming back, these three players will be coming off the injured list this week. We are now down to Jake Gensel, who is, of course, out for the rest of the regular season, perhaps all, almost all, all the playoff run if they do indeed get in, and I can't believe I just said that. Yes, I think they'll get in. Uh, Zach Aston-Reese, who's week-to-week, and Dominic Simone, who's week-to-week. Patrick Marlowe was not a practice today because him and his family were coming across the country from San Jose, so it looks like um, that's great news. So, yeah, Bukestad was, I think, just taking um, Malkin's play, um, Malkin, uh, Mar- Marlowe's place in the uh, lineup. Yeah, Nick Bukestad's going to take Evgeny Malkin's place, and Evgeny Malkin is going to be a healthy scratch. What a world that would be. But... Yeah, um, yeah, just good news all around. Uh, the Penguins badly need um, Dumoulin and Marino back, and they're going to get them back tomorrow. Um, it can't be over just overstated how much Ryan Dumoulin means to this team. And you know, I, I think the Penguins they were they were banking on the Jack Johnson Crystal Tang pairing not biting them in the ass as much as it, it's been this past week in the California. They were hoping, like, okay, can we extend this one more week so we don't have to go out and get a defenseman at the deadline? We know Dumoulin and Marino are close. We know they're probably going to be back after the deadline, which they are going to be back tomorrow. Can we extend this another week because we're playing three California teams? You know, it bit them in the ass. Now you got to suffer the consequences. Now the Flyers have leapfrogged you, and now you face the biggest week of your season. Um, 
there's there's no excuse to lose these two games this week. You're back home against the Senators. You lose that game, there's there's gonna be there's there's already people panicking in the fan base, and I, I understand that a little bit with the six game losing streak, but. You know, you lose seven in a row, like I said, it, it's going to get ugly. And, you know, these two games this week against Buffalo and Ottawa, you got to bank these points. You can't keep losing to bad teams that you should be beating. Um, I know there's been a lot of PDO regression, regression, especially on this road trip where, you know, after the Kings game where they hit three posts, of course, they go out against the Ducks. Um, give up a goal, one nothing. That was a really, very fluky goal. Like, this is what this come down for Penguins hockey at the moment. Goals going are against them are going off players' asses, off the skates, the legs. But yet the Penguins can't get any of those balances. And oh yeah, they hit six posts in two games before the debacle in San Jose. That is what's basically going on. Their PDO has regressed so badly that they are just not—they're just not cashing in on their chances. And for the latter part, of the most part of this losing streak, they've outplayed these teams. The Toronto game—forget that. We all know they sucked in that game. The Washington game, I thought they played very well. They just had an ugly third period in the defensive zone when they barfed all over themselves. Buffalo game, I thought they played hard, but like they just weren't smart with the puck. And then, you know, of course, you have the Kings game where they did everything but score. Uh, Jack Johnson, of course, was absolutely terrible in that game. We talked about that on this podcast uh, last week. And then you get to the Ducks game, which, which of course, we're discussing now. Give a, I mean, first goal goes off Zach Trotman's leg and in past the goalie. And, of course, whatever. Jason Zucker gets another goal. He's playing outstanding. And then the, the officiating started to come in and kind of started, started to tilt this game with some stupid penalties. Ryan Getzloff, of course, took a four-minute uh, uh, penalty, which we gave the Penguins power play goal. And then went back in the Penguins, went against the Ducks' favor when Evgeny Malkin took four minutes from unsportsmanlike conduct and another penalty. That kind of changed the game. The officiating was just absolutely trash in that game. Um, you know, I, I've said this so many times on Twitter. No one comes to the game to watch the officials officiate games like that. You do not need to call unsportsmanlike conduct penalties just because someone is arguing a call. I mean, for God's sakes, man. I mean... <laughs> I hate to pull this card out on people, but I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate if you guys played sports as a kid. You know, how many of you have people have argued with refs over calls and they they just like walk away? You know, refs, it's just between that and, you know, refusing to drop a puck on faceoffs. The officiating in this game is just disgusting. It's disturbing. It's a lot of words. That game was just officiated very, very bad. It's It's on the long, long list of really bad officiated games. It definitely was not in the Penguins' favor. Um, it hardly goes. Um, it just it, it, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. Yeah, that's just the way it is. But you know, the Ducks were able to score to make it two-one. Uh, then they had the other goal to make it three-one. And of course, oh yeah, that goes off Zach, Zach Trotman's leg and in because that was going to be saved by Matt Murray. Hell, the second goal was even uh, a fluke bounce too because it goes off the post. Goes right and and usually like sometimes the puck will take a weird bounce off the post, go to the corner. No, hits the post, goes right to Brian, gets off sick, he has an open net. I'm like, you can't even make this up at this point. And then Jason Zucker was able to make it a bit of a game, you know, three two. Um, it does also doesn't help in that game that John Gibson decides to play like John Gibson for the first time this season because, oh yeah, he's he's uh nine. What is he nine oh five for this season? He's been really really bad. But all I know, like I know the Ducks have been really really bad this season. But he's been really bad too. But like, yeah, of course he decides to play like God, and he, of course it comes against the Penguins. Um, it was the biggest example that I can remember. Of course was with Patrick Marlowe. Um, beautiful cross ice pass to Brian Rust. I think it's was short handed. 
Um, Varane Bros elevates it a little bit. It's a goal, but still just a beautiful toe save on Ross. And it's like, John Gibson, come on, man. I mean, you really got to play like that. Um, he's just... Ah, he's he's so good when he decides to be. But yeah, that was that was very frustrating. The Penguins had a little bit of a surge towards the end of that game, but yeah, it just wasn't enough. And then yeah, the Sharks game. <laughs> Whew, that was that was brutal. I, I I wasn't watching that game because uh, we were having a little bit of a house party at our house with my roommates and I. We're just you know, having some people over. But yeah, I, I did go up and I actually turned it on. And I, I, right when I turn it on, I see Cindy Crosby missing open that, and I'm like, yep, that's time to turn it off because. When the puck is not going in for Sidney Crosby and he has a wide open net on Martin Jones and he's missing those, you just you know things are really really bad. And that was just that was that that game was the cherry on top for this road trip. I saw people saying, "Oh yeah, the Penguins going to win five two tonight. They're going to win three two tonight. Oh yeah, blah 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 blah." I'm like, I don't know, man. Like you guys are predicting this? No, this was the cherry on top for the road trip, and it ended very very poorly. And you know what? Now they have to live with the consequences that you have no points in your last six games. And, oh, by the way, you're only a couple points from being out of a playoff spot. Yes, believe it or not, they are only a couple points away from being out of a playoff spot. Now, do I think that the Penguins will miss the playoffs? No. Um, people have said this in the past. And it's like, okay, if you want to bet against Andy Malkin and Sidney Crosby and the Penguins, do as you wish. Um, you know, we all know what the problem is. And, you know, we're going to get into that in this next segment, or one of the pro- biggest problems at least. But... Yeah, they're still going to get in the playoffs, but yeah, you better freaking win tomorrow night because, uh, like I said, the, the the panic button is going to it's going it's going to be pressed on if they lose tomorrow night. So yeah, the biggest obviously we know what the biggest problem is for the Penguins right now. One, yes, they cannot score, but two, you know this this Jack Johnson Crystal Tang pairing needs to be fired in the sun. It looks like it's going to be fired into the sun tomorrow night when Brian Dewan comes back. Um, Jack Johnson's just been abysmal, you know. I, I tweeted this during the weekend. Um, I'm trying to be nice about this, as you know, I'm not, you know, I don't criticize. I criticize Jack Johnson, but I like to be, you know, like at least okay with it. Like I, like I said, I tweeted this over the weekend. There's just been, I don't think I've ever seen a more hated penguin that has worn the penguin uniform in the Sidney Crosby era, back dating back to 2005, than I have a Jack Johnson. I, I don't even think it's close. Yes, everyone, I know we have been through the Rob Scuderi days. Hell, you are you are listening to this podcast and the host who, yes, actually liked the Rob Scuderi signing. I really did. I was only about 16, 15, 16 at the time. So yeah, very young. Um, very much loved him and I thought it was going to be a good fit. Did not turn out to be and I'll just leave it at that. But yes, I he just he does nothing well. Jack Johnson absolutely he just embarrasses himself on the ice time and time and time and time again. I mean, you just look at the, the Kings game where, I mean, where he was just undressed by Trevor Lewis, of all people. Trevor Lewis, a bottom six forward who does not have a lot of scoring uh, touch in this league, absolutely undresses him for a goal, and then Jackson Johnson can't even get back for the rebound. Jack Johnson also can't even make a simple out, uh, breakout pass. He can't even keep the puck into the zone. Whenever he shoots the puck, it goes in right to a defenseman body, and then it kills the cycling. And I think the biggest thing of this Jack Johnson you know, stuff with Chris Letang is that he is killing, and I mean killing, the Sidney Crosby line. And when the Sidney Crosby line is playing as bad as it has been for the past week, and perhaps even longer, the Penguins are not going to win many games. 
Sidney Crosby has not looked himself for, for this past week because, oh yeah, he's playing with Jack Johnson who kills his numbers. Hell, he kills every person's numbers that he plays with. He has killed Chris Letang's numbers. I have felt so bad for Chris Letang that I wish he just honestly goes up to Mike Sullivan and says, I don't want to play with him anymore. But we all know how nice of a person Chris Letang is. It's his teammate. He's not going to go up to his coach and be like, yeah, screw this dude. I don't want to play with him. He's going to, you know, play with him because they like Jack Johnson. And, you know, I I wish more people would ask Mike Sullivan about the problem with Jack Johnson instead of just okay, I'm gonna try to try to be I'm trying to be good here, try to be good, you know, and just trying to, you know, be a little bit of a a shell kind of. And, you know, I know that sounds kind of rude and whatnot, but you know, it's just it comes a point in time you just you gotta be always always be objective about it as I am trying to be right now and I know a lot of other writers in Pittsburgh are it's just that there's a select few that just are not objective about it it's like they see what they want to see they don't want you know their credentials taken away I, I don't know I, I don't know I, I, that's my opinion I know Chad came on the podcast last week and said the exact same thing I mean I agree with him I just it's just it's it's weird to me but you know Brian Dumoulin cannot come back fast enough it's going to very, very much help the Sidney Crosby line because he can finally get a, a breakout pass from someone other than Crystal Tang. Brian Dumoulin is so good in the defensive zone. He's so good at limiting chances against per 60 minutes at even strength, scoring chance of high danger, what, what, whatever underlying numbers you want to look at. Um, it's just going to be a massive help. But, um, yeah, I think that's just the biggest problem. And, you know, we all know Marcus Patterson has really struggled as of late. Justin Schultz will finally be able to go down to the third pairing and have his minutes sheltered because he has just been a mess. Hell, I thought he had his best game of the season against the Los Angeles Kings where he made that beautiful pass. But, of course, the goal for almost for a goal. But, of course, the goal did not count because, um, yeah, the puck luck is just not on the Penguin side. You love when the puck hits the crossbar, goes down, looks like it's going into the net, and then just skates across the red line and out. Just, you know, that is my favorite thing about hockey. The Like I said, the PDO regression is, it's it's very, very, very real right now. And, um, yeah, that's really all I can say about that. And, you know, I really do wish moving forward that the Penguins, they would give um, Yuso Rikula a more of a chance. Um, my thoughts on this, the, you know, this thing, I, I don't know what, what his problem is. I don't know what Mike Sullivan sees in him that he doesn't like because the underlying numbers are very strong towards him. It, he should not be a healthy scratch for Zach freaking Trotman, who, I'm sorry, is not an NHL defenseman. You know, Jim Rutherford likes to tell the fan base and the media that he is. You know, you watch him for a few games like you did this past week, and you can see that he's not an NHL defenseman. Uh, I don't know where he got that from, everybody. He is he is not an NHL defenseman. That's that's not an yeah. That's especially with how bad he was in his defensive zone. Does not bring any offense. He he can stay in Wilkes-Barre, but and I'm getting off track. Ricola brings offense. He's good in his defensive zone. Hell, um, a friend of the podcast, of course, who's been on this podcast before, um, Jesse Marshall, uh, February, uh, tweeted this this morning. You know, about ten fifteen a.m. Yusa Ricola's February wrap up. So this is how this is how Ricola has been this season. So time on ice, 99 minutes. So his Corsi his percentage, his possession relative, plus 11.9%. His goals for percentage relative, plus 23%. His high danger possession numbers relative, plus 28%. All of those were tops for the Penguins over the course of the month. I, 
if you want to look at Jack Johnson's, you know, you can go on natural stat trick, great site for underlying numbers. Jack Johnson's are much lower than that. They are, they are in the minuses. Uh, it does not take a fool to realize that. Um, I don't, I don't understand. Like I said, I don't know why Zach Rahman was playing on his off freaking side compared to Yusuf Rikula, who has been good. I also don't know why Yusuf Rikula was not getting a try on the top pairing with Chris Latang because, you know, why not? Just throw at it before Brian Dewan come back. You know what? Why not? Just why freaking not? I think, is it stubbornness by Mike Sullivan? I think so. You know, Mike Sullivan has done a lot right as the Penguins head coach. He's a top five coach in hockey. I think he's the best coach in hockey. But, you know, when you make bad errors like that, people will people will notice. And it's one of, the, I think, the select few things that he's done that has pissed off a lot of people in this fan base. You know, myself included, I thought that was unacceptable to do. But... Um, yeah, I, I would love to see Ricola get more time on the ice this month. Do I think that's going to happen with Dumoulin and Marino coming back tomorrow night? No, because they're going to want to play Justin Schultz on the, uh, uh, not Justin Schultz, they're going to want to play Jack Johnson on the third pairing and see how he rebounds because, you know, that's how uh, this team operates, you know, and then, and then all the talk will be, oh my God, you know, Jack Johnson's been so good on the third pairing. He's been so good. He's actually not hurting the team. And it's like, well, you know, he's getting eight. He's getting like ten minutes tonight. So you know, you just you just better hope he doesn't. You know, better hope he doesn't play like that. But um, yeah, I'd still play Rikula Schultz because I think Rikula is a much better player than Jack Johnson. Could it be? Could it be maybe that Sullivan and Jim Rutherford disagree on the player? I, I think that's possible. I think that's very very possible. You know, I, I also think that could maybe be the same about Jim Rutherford and um, Jack Johnson, where maybe Jim Rutherford is pushing Mike Selvin to do it and Mike Selvin is agreeing. But you know what? Maybe not. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a new point at this point with both um, the top four defensemen coming back uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, I touched on this, you know, earlier, you know, in the episode a bunch of times. But, yeah, folks, the, uh, the schedule really, really kicks in now. And uh, the Penguins do not have a lot of margin room for error. They're now three points behind the Philadelphia Flyers. I know the Flyers, um, they won yesterday. They, they had the home-and-home sweep against the New York Rangers. We all know a lot of the teams in the Metro have been really struggling lately. The Capitals are not playing good hockey. The Islanders, the Blue Jackets are not been playing well, the Hurricanes. But you know what? That goes all out the window when you start to actually play these teams in the month of March. Um, the Penguins are probably going to hope that the March of the Penguins comes back again because we all know how good the Penguins have played in March under Mike Sullivan in years past and hell almost under a lot of their coaches in years past. Remember, they had that 15-game winning streak in March where they went, um, I think it was they basically went undefeated that mar- in the month. But yeah, um, you play Ottawa at home, you better win that game, like I said. Uh, this is uh, the fan base needs to rally behind this team. You know they need to be loud. Uh, this is this is playoff time almost. This is the best time of the year. You go to Buffalo on Thursday night. That's a team that you know. I don't know if you all of you all saw over the weekend, but you know Jack Eichel was basically saying that it was over. You know that team has almost called it quits. That's a bad Buffalo team. They've lost badly to them twice this season. They're going to want to try to get them back. Um, and then you have the biggest back to back of the season this weekend. Um, play Washington at home. There's a chance to make up a little more ground on them. They're six points behind them now. And then we play they play they play the Carolina Hurricanes for the first time this season. Um, it's hard to believe that they play the Hurricanes four times in the last quarter of the season. But you know what? I'm not the NHL schedule maker. They probably do this on a computer and whatnot. But yeah, three out of three out of their four next games are at home. Uh you uh they better start to bank some points now. They cannot let this losing streak get even further. They need to 
They need a nice big winning streak here and they need it fast because, you know, after that, you know, that starts off a stretch of, you know, after the Carolina game, they go to New Jersey, they go to Columbus, they go to Carolina, they come home to play the Islanders one more time. They have a home and home with the Rangers in mid-March. Then they come home to play the Capitals again. Then they have Carolina. Then they have Chicago. Then it's Carolina. Then it's Philly. Then it's New Jersey. Then it's New York. And then it's Ottawa. So if we're counting the schedule, I'm going to count this live right now. Starting this weekend, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Starting this weekend, in the month of March, 10 out of their next. Actually, no, 11, 12, 13, 13. Okay. So 13 of their next 14 games are against Metropolitan Division teams. Um, yeah, that is that is how insane this stretch is coming up. And the only game that's not against Metropolitan team, oh yeah, the Chicago Blackhawks, where they haven't won in Chicago in the United States since probably not. They have, I don't remember the last time they actually beat Chicago in the United Center, but yeah. You bank these two, these two, four points this week. Then the real fun again, like I said, with Washington, Carolina four times. You get the Devils a couple more times. You get the Blue Jackets one more time next week. You get the Rangers in two weeks in a home-and-home. Home. You get the Hurricanes a few more times. You get the Capitals. You get the Flyers on a matinee game. They have a lot of matinee afternoon games coming up. I mean, this is... This is, this is you know, I'm going to quote this from Zombieland. It is nut up or shut up time. You know, 13 of your next 14 games starting this weekend. Like I said, Metro games. This is, the ball is in the Penguins' court. They control their own destiny. You know, the, the only thing that they can't allow them to do is allow these teams to get loser points on them. I'm sure, you know, some of them will go to overtime because that's what happens to the NHL. But in a perfect world, you want to bank those points against Metropolitan teams. Of course, you're not going to win. All the games make it to the Metro teams. You know, that's almost impossible. But you want to win, of course, as many as you possibly can. You want to beat a team like Carolina as many times as you can in regulation to create some distance. And a team like Columbus. And a team like Philadelphia, who you've beaten twice this season. But, you know, it sucks that their long winning streak and the Penguins' long losing streak coincided at the exact same time. If Penguins would have went just 500 on this six-game stretch, you know, they probably would be, you know, they, yeah, they, they'd be in first place right now. They'd be tied for first place. If they went 3-3 three and three in these past six games, they would be, even 2-4, and four, they would be two points out of first place, and they would be um, one point ahead of the Flyers. But nope, we had to get the six-game losing streak at the worst time. So yeah, um, we'll have another episode coming tomorrow. We're going to break down the game against the Senators. Uh, God, like I said, uh, I really don't want to see a nuclear world Penguins Twitter. You know, I hope the Penguins start to speed bag some teams as our good friend Jeff from Pensball would like to say on Twitter this past weekend, you know, the Penguins are going to hopefully ultimately speed bag some teams when they get home. They're going to be probably very fired up to try to put this stretch behind them. And, you know, let's see if they start scoring. That's the biggest thing. And, of course, getting Dumoulin and Marino back, this cannot come at a better time. They need to break out of this funk and they need to go on a nice big streak here where they're getting points. But, yeah. Biggest week of the season. We're going to have it all covered here for you on Locked on Penguins. I'll just stick with it. Um, we'll see what happens. This is this is the best time of the year. And, you know, let's let's do it. Let's The push for the playoffs really, really begins now. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow night. We're breaking down the Senators game. Uh, and until then, uh, keep it right here on Locked on Penguins.